Island Church welcomes you to the 2018 Fall Harvest Series. We pray that you are encouraged by all of the different ministers and that the Word of God touches you and blesses you. I just want to talk to you about, um, I was going to preach something and I, I, and just really to encourage you and I, I hey, it, it'd be great what Pastor Randy ministered. If that doesn't encourage you, something's wrong with your encourager, you know. I mean, really, to be honest with you, and, and one of the things that I, I have found over the years, and and um, I guess, um, you know, the older you get, you, the more you can look back and kind of see things, and you just see things in a little bit different perspective, and, um, you know, I've sat in meetings for 40, 44 years, and um, I have been profoundly affected by meetings of all sizes not always the big big huge meeting sometimes it's just this just like this you know just a a a group of people coming together that are friends and and um and and love each other and 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 that type of thing and um so one of the things that i have i have been able to see supernaturally and i'm just going to kind of talk to you a little bit today rather than just preach a message to you if that's all right I just kind of jumped in my spirit when Rusty was talking. Um, people get the wrong idea sometimes uh, about generosity or giving and where it comes from. And, and I don't mean on a natural level, but I mean on a, on a just like what uh, Rusty was talking about, about the Lord having, allowing me to, to get up and, um, and, and do that in those meetings. Well, I, I, I had not given one thought about doing that. It was totally the Holy Spirit. It wasn't pre-planned. You know, I mean, I've been in meetings where it was obvious that it was pre-planned. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they, it, but, but I, I've, I've, I've committed myself never to do that, just like yesterday morning getting up. I knew the Lord wanted me to do that. And um, so I, I did it. But I, I personally have always been a generous person I, I even before i got saved i was a generous person in fact a lot of times i was generous to a fault you know and i, I remember co-signing for a car one time don't ever do that but, you know if i if i'd have known the bible then i'd have never done it you know but but and and i've i've, I've given uh to help people so generosity is a part of my life i didn't have to I didn't have to um, necessarily learn to be generous. Now, Becky, my wife, was she had to learn to be generous, you know, and, and it wasn't like she was stingy. She, it just kind of wasn't part of her life, you know, to, 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 to be that way. But if you can understand the impact you can have with your giving, and we're not taking up an offering today, so just take a deep breath. If you can understand the power of your giving when you're led by the Holy Spirit and how it can change lives and change people, um, it'll change your whole destiny. Um, I, I am, I am a, a, a free giver. I like to give. I like to be able to. I'm looking up a scripture while I'm talking to you. I want to read it to you. But, but um, I love to give, and, I, and it's, it's just part of my life. It always has been part of my life. But the impact of it goes way beyond anything you could ever imagine about money. Even when people don't know you're the one that did the giving. And, and so I, I, I don't just listen to the Holy Spirit to give. I, I give as an act because I want to be a giver. So I want to release giving and i and i do that um several years ago uh i was in my office at the church and and uh, my secretary linda came in and she said uh pastor there's a man out here who wants to see you and he's and uh he's dressed in painter's clothes you know painters why do painters wear white <laughs> you ever thought about that you know, because they, they look, they get paint everywhere. But anyway, um, he's and and he's and he's and he's holding a pair of shoes. 
And I said, what? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see him. So I walked out there, and, and I, I said, how are you doing today? And he said, he said, Pastor Sam, you don't know me. And he introduced himself to me. He said, I don't go to your church. I go to another church. He said, but I brought you these shoes. And I said, um, well, they look like somebody's been wearing them a long time, you know. <laughs> they're, 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 they're old. And he said, well, I want to tell you the story about these shoes. And um, what is now our office building was originally our home many years ago. And while we were building that home, this guy that he brought the shoes from was one of the painters that was painting my house. And, and, I, and, and this, he was telling me this story because his friend had told him the story. He said, um, he... Uh, he, he was painting and you came up to him one day and, and, and were picking at him about how the holes in his shoes, you know, and, and I don't even remember it. I, I literally do not remember it at all. And, uh, and then you gave him the money to go buy a new pair of shoes. He said that so profoundly changed him that he got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and lived his life for the Lord. Now, this was like in 2003 or something when I got this, and it happened in the 80s. And he said, he passed away last week, and he, I don't have that original pair of shoes, but this was the last pair of shoes that he owned. And I thought you might want them. Can you imagine how something as simple as that could change somebody's life? profoundly changed somebody's life and and you don't even you don't even realize it that doesn't happen unless you're a generous person and and there's no bragging about generosity you either you're either a generous person or you're not i, I like uh what um brother christopher said yesterday morning about buying people's meals because i do that all the time I love to do that. I'll see a family, you know, of you know, a couple with two or three kids in in a restaurant, and I'll buy their meal for them, and um, uh, and I, and I and obviously don't ever want them to know I paid for it. You know, just don't want it. The crazy thing about it is, I go in a restaurant. I, I've gone in restaurants, not in my own city, in other cities, and and get ready to pay the check and say somebody paid for your meal. Well, I know good and well nobody in that city knows me. Yeah. You, you just cannot, you cannot outrun generosity, okay? And, and the more you understand that and, and, and understand that that's where you live your life as a generous person, not a person who needs something, and I don't mean this wrong, but listen, not even a person who sows because they have a need. I got to tell you, I, I believe that works. I, I've done that myself. But I found out that if I just be generous all the time, God will always be generous with me. Yeah, that's right. and, 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 and I think what's happened with this seed sowing is it's just gotten way, way out of, out of whack. You know, I teach my church to give. Okay, I teach them to give because they need to. Today, you go to a lot of these newer churches uh, they don't all, they'll take up the offering, but they don't teach their people to give. They, all, the only reason they're giving is because, well, we want to show you a project we did, and you're giving help with that. But they don't teach them the principle behind giving and the fact that, that that's who we are. That's our responsibility. And, and you think about Jesus, okay? Jesus never multiplied anything for himself. Do you ever stop to think about that? He never multiplied anything for himself. He did tell Peter to go fishing for tax money. But, but, but the, the point I'm making is this. Jesus unloaded that bag that, he, that, that Judas carried constantly. And then it filled back up. Not supernaturally, but because people gave. But it was because of generosity that it was taking place. And that, that's the example that we have to live by is, the, is that, that it's the generosity that produces. And, and I want to tell you something. Generosity does not come 
let me, let me, I want to make sure I say this right. Generosity does not come because you plan it. Now, I'm not discounting what Rusty said about knowing the Lord wanted him to bring something. That's not my point. My point is a generous person, he brought those checks because he was a generous person. You understand what I'm saying? And when you, when you understand that, generosity becomes part of your life and it just, it just happens. We were going through one of the most difficult times at our church uh, that, that we'd ever been in. The, the, um, uh, the city was trying to expropriate our property from us, but they didn't want to pay us. Basically, they wanted to take all the property around our building and leave us a building with no, pro with no parking, no nothing. They even got a church growth expert to say that we had reached our peak and we would never ever go any higher than where we were that we would start going on the decline so we wouldn't need that church growth expert i got so upset with that because that was that was um that was 25 years ago i got so upset about that that i called the guy and I said, you, you know, I'm Pastor Sam Corcoran. He knew exactly who I was. I said, I know you wrote this opinion for the city um, about our church. I said, how could you do that? I said, you're supposed to be helping churches. You're supposed to help churches grow. You're supposed to encourage people. You're not supposed, you, you, your job's not to, to, to render opinions about a church not growing. And then the Holy Spirit, while I was talking to him, the Holy Spirit said he did it for the money. And I said, you did it for the money, didn't you? Because yeah. they gave him like ten dollars or $15,000. said, you did it for the money. I said, I'm going to tell you right now, my, my mentor, Dr. Sumrall, jumped on me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, your business will be cursed. You can't touch God's anointed yeah. and do that, and you ought to know better. Yeah. He went bankrupt that same year. His, his company went totally bankrupt that same year. So just so you understand where we are, we're struggling, okay? We're, we're, we're fighting, and I've told the story like this before. We, we had to count money, the offering, to see if we had enough money to buy cookies for the nursery. You know, I mean, we were struggling. And Tommy Barnett, I had gone out to his church to preach, and after I, after I preached, he said, would you fly to L.A. with me and, uh, and stay a second day? I want to show you something. So I said, sure. So we flew out to L.A., and he took me to this old, nasty, abandoned hospital. Nasty place. And said, God showed me that, 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 that we're, we need to build, we need to take the, by this hospital and we're going to turn it into a dream center. And he said, every floor is going to have different ministries on it. You know, one for drug and alcohol. And, and he just went up through the, through the list. And he said, we're going to use this hospital. We got up on the top of the building, on the roof of the building. You can see you're in this, almost right downtown L.A. And, you, and we prayed over that building. We prayed and, to, and believed God for the money to do that. And so he was actually coming to my church two weeks later. And so... He came to the church and, and preached, and the Lord spoke to me and said, take up an offering for him. And the offering was over $60,000. Now, I want to tell you something. We needed that money bad. If I'd have known there was $60,000 hanging around, it might have been a different story. Actually, if I'd have known Rusty bought two checks, it might have been a different story. No, I'm just kidding. But, but here's the point, okay? Is it odd if I just talk to you for a few minutes today? Here, here's the point. I was not even tempted to keep that money. I, I, I wasn't even tempted to pay expenses out of that money. It wasn't going to happen. Not going to do it. Because I knew that the, we needed to sow into that. And we sold into that, into that project, which later became the Dream Center, which now is an international phenomenon. You can go all over the world and find Dream Centers. 
that are helping the poor, that are ministering to people, helping re, uh, uh, rebuild people's lives. And, and, and so we were a part of that in the beginning. I was on the original board for the Dream Center. So, so and I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you probably didn't even know that, did you? That I, I mean, I don't tell people, I don't, I'm not trying to brag. I just, you know, I just want you to know. And so, we gave, we sold that, we, we sold that $60,000 in his, his ministry. I didn't do it with tears. I didn't do it with, I, I did it with joy yeah, amen. in the midst of our trial, our struggle. Cause I'm telling you, we were so close to going under that we were on our tiptoes b trying to breathe air. Yeah. 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 But within we had been in this battle for golly. I don't remember how long now, but a while, and and nothing was working. We were fixing to have to go to trial. We they actually the city actually sued us, and we were going to have to go to trial. And and were you there then, Dustin? Yeah. And 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 we were, you know, and so um, like three days before the trial, our attorney was walking in a restaurant, and he saw the district attorney. Now the district attorney was a spirit-filled Christian, a good man. And, and our attorney said, hey, how are you doing? They talked for a minute. And he said, he, said um, he, he just talked to the district attorney. And he said, well, how, well, you know, how's everything going? He said, well, I'm trying to get this case with Word of Life solved without having to go to court. And he said, what? He said, yeah. Uh, and, I, and, and he said, I thought that was already settled. He said, let me, get it, let me check into that. Well, come to find out, the lawyer that they, they actually had hired this out it wasn't an in-house case and and the lawyer that they had hired had told the city that they had every right to that property and just all this legal mumbo jumbo about it and when we started fighting back he realized he was fixing to get nailed if, we, if he didn't do this so he hired two attorneys from Washington DC who were these big you know $500 an hour attorneys and I'm, they were ruthless. They called my they 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 um, called my board members in and wanted to know how come I you know what uh, what I did with the money. I mean, it was horrible. Questioned their character. It was terrible in discovery. You know, some lawyers aren't as good as others. You know that, don't you? <laughs> some of them are. And and so when the when the when the district attorney found this out, he said. He, he went to this guy, and he said, settle this case. And so they, here's what they did. They, they, we had already gone and had to buy other property because we thought we were going to lose the property. And we, we went and bought, bought some property. So here's what they had to do. They had to buy the property back from us, okay, Pay us what we paid for it, plus two years principal and interest, which was substantial. The property they were trying to take, they had put the money in escrow for it, and the judge said they get to keep the money. So they actually paid us for the property, but we got to keep it. God, God supernaturally, totally made us whole. Now listen, I didn't sell that $60,000 so God would do that. I sold that $60,000 because I was being a generous person. And I felt the tug of the Holy Spirit to do that and to minister that. And, and, do, and by doing that, God did something supernatural. And so you have to understand that, <clears throat> that if you live that lifestyle, listen to what happens. I, this, is, this is a scripture I was going to read you. Isaiah chapter 32. This is, this is a scripture I stand on. Okay, it's, hey, this is what I, when I'm praying, this is what I, I, I stand on. It's I, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8. A generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. By generosity he shall stand. I tell you, there, there are many times when, when we're looking at, at a difficulty or looking at an adversity financially and, and that, that we, we, we say, Becky and I say, 
We're generous people. We stand on our generosity. That's all I have to do. I stand on my generosity. It's not works. It it's comes from the heart. But it's still generosity. And so the thing that you need to understand, especially those of you that are ministers here today, is that sometimes we get our focus and our eyes on the wrong place. We're looking at, I need this, I need this, I need this. And the whole time the Lord's saying, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to be generous? Are you going to learn to live a generous life? Yeah, but I need that money. Listen, I know, I know pastors that struggle financially. And the reason they're struggling financially is because they're just not generous. They're not generous when they have a guest speaker. You know, and, and, I, and I'm not saying this ugly. And if you're, not a, if you're not a pastor or leader here today, just stick your fingers in your ears. But this is kind of church business. But, but, but I, I guarantee you there have been places I've gone where um, where they took up the offering and they didn't give me the offering. Oh, yeah. They didn't give me that. I, I know. I, I just know in my heart. Never say a word about it. If I come for nothing, I come for nothing. Yeah. I, I, lots of times. I, and I'm telling you this because some people want to know, well, how is it you're always able to give? Like give $50,000 and give this and give that. Well, it's, be, it's not because we have a, a rich, wealthy church. It's because we're generous. Yeah. We're always, we're always generous. And, and the thing that you have to do is you have to learn to live by that. And, and when you understand that, then God can do great things in your life. If you're, a pa- if you're a pastor, teach your people to be generous. Show them what their generosity can do. We have had in our church, and our church is not a, a huge church. You know, I mean, we, we, it's healthy, but it's not like you know, a monster church or anything like that. But, but we have had people give in our church some of the most astounding things. We have, we have a couple in our church. They've been in our church for 25 years. They're like, um, they're like peepers. You don't know what I mean by that, so I'm going to explain to you. My daughter has a, has a cat named Peepers. Okay. <laughs> You never see that cat. You never see the cat ever. He's always in the closet. He's always, in, uh, you know, hiding in the window. Sometimes you can drive by the house and see him sitting in the window. But you ne- he never roll- runs up to you and rubs on you or sniffs on you. you. He's never there. I've got a couple of my church that I would call them peepers. They come once a month, okay, once a month, twice a month. A number of years ago, um, my business administrator called me and he said, could you come in, come in the office, man, I need to talk to you a minute. So I went in there and he said, um, I, you know, anytime my business administrator, who's one of my best friends, wants to talk to me, it's always normally a bad thing, not a good thing. You know, we need to deal with this or we need to. So I said, what's up? And he said, um, we, just got a, we just got a check for $750,000 from, and I'm going to use this, the peepers. <laughs> How much? $750,000 from the peepers. So... I, I was I was taken aback, okay? Right after that, the next week, I got a letter from them. And it was, you know, he, he's not, he, it's hard just to get him to talk. You know, he's just not one of these guys that talks very much. But his wife wrote this letter to us, and she said, I want to tell you uh, the testimony about what God's done for us. And here's the, they, when they first started coming to my church, they both just worked jobs. He was a, some kind of an industrial salesman, and I forgot what she did, secretarial work or something. It wasn't, you know. And all their lives, he had always wanted to have his own business. And so 
he decided, and they researched it, that they were going to go into the uh, oil field business and, and in, a, in a particular area of the oil field business, okay? And so uh, uh, one of the service industries for the oil field where you, serve, you, know, you do stuff on the well. And, and so I think it was a pump-down service, if I'm not mistaken. That's what they started with. But uh, so they started their own business. And she writes in this letter, they started their own business. And um, um, he was the, um, you know, he was the lead and she was his hand. It was just the two of them. And they started this business. And, and the thing she said was, you taught us to tithe. You taught us to give. And, and, and I actually went back in the records. I didn't tell them this, but, and they'd always been, they'd always tithe. They were the peepers, but they always, they always tithe. Okay. So about the same time that they, they started this business is when what it's called the Hainesville shell in, in North Louisiana exploded. And, and I mean, they were, they were drilling gas wells all over all over our area and they were they were they were right there they didn't have to move into town they didn't they were right there and God started blessing them today they still give not every year that kind of money because they've had some down years but just this year they gave six hundred fifty thousand dollars six hundred fifty thousand dollars I don't even talk to him. I'm afraid to talk to him. I don't want to say anything to him. <laughs> to be honest with you, I have to tell you, to be honest with you, when they gave that first big amount, I didn't know who they were. That's how little they came. I didn't even know who they were. I had to find out who they were. And, and you know, and obviously I thanked them for it. Now, Here's the thing. Our church, if you've ever been to our church, our church is not even, I would not even classify our church a middle class church. I would say lower uh, income people. Do you know that half our people still give cash? That's unheard of. <laughs> but it's because that's all they got. Cash and money orders. Okay. So it's not like we've got this huge big church full of wealthy people but what it happens is when you're a generous person god will always find a way to bring generosity back into your church and back into your life because you're a generous person we had a lady in our church who'd been a member of our church through two marriages her first husband passed away and she remarried and and um uh and she, she was older you know and she passed away and and I had an attorney call me. And the attorney said, um, Pastor Carr, um, you know, so-and-so passed away. And I said, yeah, yeah. And she said, well, she left the church in her will. And I said, okay. She said, we need you to come down and sign some papers. We have some money for you. Well, you're not going to tell me that until uh, how much? <laughs> well, and, and the guy said, well, it's substantial. And I said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> He said, well, let's just say it's over a half a million dollars. So I said, what time can I come? <laughs> so I went down there, and, and, and it actually was broken up into a couple of th uh, t areas, but she ended up giving $750,000, leaving that to us, which was the bulk of her estate, okay, for missions. For missions. When we had that meeting, and we uh, for Egan, and and uh, we we took up that offering for Egan, that that money was in the bank. The money was in the bank for the, that was in the bank for that. And you, and let me just tell you, I didn't try to use that money for anything else. She trusted me enough to know that even if she died, that I would put that money where it belonged. And we blessed people with that money, and 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 uh, and. And, spent, you know, we, we didn't keep it in the bank. Well, we're going to keep this as a cushion. No, we spent it. We gave every bit of it to missions because that's what, that's what she asked for. It. 
that comes out of generosity. You can't, listen, if all you do is you're preaching, giving, and getting, and you're not un getting people to understand that you're a child of God, you're a giver, you're gen that's who we are, we're generous people, then, then you're, gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna understand or see the full picture of what God wants to do in your life. Just a couple months ago, um, again, my business administrator, Craig, who's been with me since he was my first employee, we've been friends since college, he, um, he called me in his office, and I said, now I'm expecting money when he calls me. Used to out of the other. And he said, um, I, I just got an offer from this lady for $50,000. I said, well, who is it? And, and again, I know this sounds terrible being a pastor, but look, when you got 2,500, 3,000 people coming to your church at different times, you just can't keep up with all of them. So I didn't know her. I didn't recognize the name. So thank God we started a program where we, when we, we take people's pictures and we put it on their profile. Where I can, and when I saw her, I said, you've got to be kidding me. And, and here's my first, my first thought. No, she doesn't need to be given $50,000. Because I've actually done that. I've actually made people take their money back before. Because they, they gave out of emotion, and, and, and I didn't want that to be the case. But, but then the Lord spoke to me clearly. I mean, I didn't have to talk to her about it because it would have embarrassed her. No, it's good. It, it, you're okay. This lady works as a nurse at the VA. I think I told you this, but she works as a nurse at the VA. She's single. She wears the same thing to church every service. You would not think she had a penny to her name if you judged it by that. But she, she gave $50,000 to missions. Just out, of the, just out of the clear blue. You can never overestimate your generosity and God working in your life. If, if you're giving, if you're sowing seed out of fear or you're sowing seed because you're, you're trying to push God into doing something, you're mistaken. Okay? You're mistaken. But if you just become a generous person, okay? And I have to tell you, sometimes generosity stretches your limits. And it stretches who you are, and, and you need that in your life. You need to learn that your generosity goes past just what you have on top. Sometimes it needs to be a sacrifice in your life. Now, I'm not, I, none of what I'm saying is bragging at all, okay? I'm trying to get you to understand. People, they think, I had a pastor ask me one time. In fact, I'll tell you the whole story real quick. I'm just, I'm just about through. But um, not unlike Dustin, I'm going to quit on time. <laughs> Private joke, right, Dustin? Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dustin was on staff with me three years, so and he's married to my daughter, so not my real daughter, but my adopted daughter. She lived with us, so. But um, <clears throat> I better. Not, I'm not sure. I want to. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I forgot where I was now. Hmm? Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> I knew that. Uh, I went to this church and and and, it, and the the pastor, you know, to preach, and I was ministering for him, and he he we had dinner together afterward, and he said, "Pastor, I need to ask you a question." I said, "Sure. What is it?" And he said, "How do you get all those rich people in your church?" I said, what do you mean? He said, well, man, you're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this, and how'd you get all those rich people in your church? He said, I, I, I had a, a group of my people, they were going out witnessing, and they were going in these poor neighborhoods, and people were getting saved, and, and they were coming to the church, and I said, I told them, quit going in that neighborhood. You need to go over here in this rich neighborhood. I said, I hate to say it, but I said, you're an idiot. 
So, are you kidding me? I didn't call him an idiot, but I did. I, I said, are you kidding me? I said, that's totally contrary to the Word of God. Totally contrary to, to Scripture. You, you can't do that. I said, first of all, you need to know that my people in my church are not wealthy. They're just generous. And they've been taught to be generous. Because generosity always comes back to you. It always works back in your life. And, and you know, look, I go to churches. Uh, and, you know, I've gone to some churches in some particular areas of the country. I, I preached for a pastor last year. No, uh, this year in January, this past January. And um, he has like three, 4,000 people on, uh, on Wednesday night. You know, his church is 15,000, 20,000 people. He's got one of the most magnificent campuses you could ever imagine. You know, I'm just beautiful. And, um, and but I, it, something struck me about it because, and I, I didn't need the offering, so don't misunderstand me, but he didn't take up an offering for me. He said, well, we're just going to give you an honorarium. And then I started listening to him, and he said, we don't take up a lot of extra offerings. We don't want to offend some of our givers. I said, buddy, you're in trouble. So the interesting thing is that night when I preached, and listen, this is a good man. I'm, he's, he's got a great church, okay? But that just goes contrary to who I am, okay? And, and so um, he said, well, you did good tonight. It was really good. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I said, and he said, yeah. He said, I just got a, a text from my second largest giver, and he really liked it. I'm thinking, no, I don't know about that. I love the guy. He's a great guy. We're friends. But, but that, that's just not who I am, you know. I, church is not a business, okay. Church is not a business, it's a living organism, and it breathes and takes in, takes in nutrients and gives out, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a living thing. And so we're, that's what we're part of. So I just want to encourage you to, to be generous with your life, okay? Be generous. And if you're a pastor here today, your people need to see you sacrifice, Not, not because, oh, God, I'm going to have to sacrifice so they'll do something. You're in the wrong business if that's your attitude. All my life growing up, I wanted a 1963 red Corvette convertible. The reason was because in 1963, I got to drive a red 1963 Corvette convertible, a guy let me drive it, and I'm telling you, I drooled all over myself. Okay. Okay. So you understand what I'm talking about. So all my life I wanted to do that. I, I just wanted one. But, you know, we're busy building the church, and we're being, doing all these things, and I never did. And God supernaturally blessed me with $40,000. And... And, you know, I could do lots of stuff for $40,000. But my wife said, why don't you buy that car? Find one. See if you can find one. Why don't you buy that car? And I said, ah, I don't know. She said, yeah, you need to do that for yourself. You need to buy that car. So I found one. And I bought it. And I drove it. And I loved it. And then we had a building project. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, I don't. Listen, I didn't have to have the Lord tell me what to do. I knew what to do. I knew what was right for me. Okay? For me. And I sold that car. I'm not, don't, I'm not getting you to feel sorry for me. I, I'm not trying. Please don't. I, I'm tell, I, because I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand where blessings come from. I mean... So I sold that car, and the Lord told me, he said, you tell the church what you're doing. Normally, I wouldn't do that. But the Lord told me to tell the church what I was doing. 
And so I did. I got up and said, look, this is important what we're doing. We're adding on. We need this. And, and the Lord spoke to me to, to, to sell this car and put that money in the building fund. Now, I know you're thinking, well, the Lord gave you one back. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. But the, it, that doesn't matter. It, 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 listen to me. It does not matter. Okay. And when you start living your life like that, I'm not lifting myself up as a perfect example by any stretch of the imagination. Everybody has a selfish streak in them from time to time. And, but, but my point is that but all of these years that I've been serving God, I've enjoyed the results of generosity in my life. I've enjoyed the results of generosity in my life. Because it, it, it's amazing what can happen. And the joy, to me, the, the joy is in giving. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That, to me, we, we, I, I, I preach for a, a pastor in Beirut, Lebanon. He's driving a car. I, I would really rather take the bus. You know, it would just. And so we, went, we, bought him a, we bought him a new car. And we bought him a nice car. Yeah. Over there, you can't hardly buy a new car, but we bought him a, an, an Audi, yeah. and, um, uh, and it was a nice car, and it wasn't cheap. But my joy was so much in giving, buying that. Yeah. that was, there was so much joy in that. I can't tell you how much joy it was what you told me. you mind if I? When, when the hurricane hit down here, God dropped it in my heart to help people and to help people that were connected to churches that were involved somewhere that, you know, we wanted to find people we could support and help. And, and so before anything, I bought a tractor trailer load of sheetrock. And I didn't even know that, that, that we'd given it to you, but we, we gave her sheetrock to totally sheetrock her house. You can't imagine How much joy you brought to me just by thanking me, just by saying, hey, you bless me. And somebody else came up to me, one of the other services, and said, you sheetrock my house. All I did was get up and tell our church, we're going to help. We're going to help. And you know what? The rest of it was Generosity. When, the, flood, when the, the hurricane hit here a few years ago and this place was flooded out, first thing I did was call Russ and say, I'm sending you $50,000. It wasn't like we just had $50,000 sitting around. We didn't. But that was the right thing. That was the right thing to do, yes. just to be generous. If you live your life like that, yes. you, listen, you won't have any regrets about it. You won't look back and say, man, I wish I hadn't given that money. I could have used that money. You know, you, there'll be no regrets. No regrets. Because if you're a generous person and you find ways to be generous, you can always stand on your generosity. Amen. One more thing real quick. For a number of years, I had, uh, I had airplanes because I would leave Sunday morning after church and I'd go fly somewhere to preach on Sunday night, kind of like I did down here. And, and, and so I had, an, I had an airplane, and most of the time I had a businessman for a partner, and so it helped with the cost and that type of thing. And the Lord really dealt with me to get out of the, to, to, to sell my, um, to, to get out of the airplane that I was in, and it was the right time to do it, and I did it. And I was sitting with a businessman one day, and we were talking, he didn't even go to my church. And we were talking, and he said, um, um, he said, well, you, what kind of plane do you have? I said, well, I don't have one right now. Uh, I felt like the Lord spoke to me to, to sell it. And he said, well, if you got one, what would you get? You know, we're just talking. I told him. And um, he said, well, how much, how much can you buy one of those for? And it was a 421, which doesn't mean anything to most of you, but it was just a good, good airplane for what I needed. And, um, and he said, I said, probably about a half a million dollars. He wrote me a check. 
It's funny because he wrote it on just a regular little personal check, a check for $500,000 to buy that airplane. So we bought it. But then the church, we needed new video equipment bad, update our video equipment. And it was going to be about half a million dollars. And I knew that I was supposed to sell that airplane and, and instead of instead of asking my church for the money, sell that airplane and buy that. My church doesn't even know I did it. They, they, didn't even, they didn't even know I did it. They didn't know that I sold that plane and did that. So I sold it and bought that, bought that video equipment. Then a man in my church who's a businessman got a great testimony. His and his wife were divorced for 14 years. God supernaturally got them back together. It was just, just oh, my goodness, just beautiful testimony. And uh, um, he said, Pastor, he said, um, the Lord really dealt with me. I think it was the Lord because he's, he's really a pretty new believer. He said, he told me just to fly you wherever you want to go, and I'll cover it. So he flies me all over the place. Mark and, Mark and Janet for the Freedom Crusade, he said, can I go pick them up? I said, I know they'd love it. And just flew up there to pick them up, you know. Mark and I were doing a meeting in Iowa, and, and um, he took, it's so funny. He said, um, well, I'm going to pick Mark and Janet up, and we're going to go, do you mind if I bring my wife? I'm thinking, it's your airplane. It's your dime. So now, now he pays for the plane. He won't let me pay for anything. He flew me down here Sunday afternoon. Rusty picked me up. Thursday morning, he'll be back down here to pick me up and take me home. Took me 45 minutes to get to Shreveport. Isn't that amazing? You know what? Listen to me. That comes because of generosity. It comes because of generosity. Not bragging, you know, at all. There used to be a... A, a show on TV about the Will Sonnet. And the, and the grandpa used to say all the time, no brag, just fact. Because that's what it is. It's just what God will do. I'm so glad I learned to be a generous person for God. Hallelujah. Did y'all get anything out of this? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, stand up with me. Rusty, you want to dismiss? Hallelujah. That was so awesome. You know, you really have to, to listen with your ear and hear what God is trying to speak to us. Pastor Sam taught on positioning. And you know, yesterday was a very profound day for me. And I was under pretty good restraint of the Holy Ghost. I got up there and told some stories about Mr. Carter and that funeral. And, you know, you could tell it broke, kind of broke the crowd up, loosened them up real good. Then I got over on the teaching on the two, two uh, thieves on the cross. Now you have to make a decision about the man in the middle. And uh, I mean, the anointing of God came on the platform. The, the Methodist pastor told me, like, did you feel that? I said, yeah, I felt it. And I mean, I could have took off. I mean, I could have took off, you know. And the Holy Ghost said, no, you're going to take it off. You know, you're going you're gonna to finish this up with dignity. And, and, and we did. <laughs> For I'm talking, we were in a Methodist church. But afterwards, you can ask Leah, she was with me, how many people came to us with all these tremendous testimonies of their prayers and all this for this family and this man and the influence he'd had all over our state and the industry he was in. And, you know, 10 years ago, I had believed God to go there to hunt. I had to get my faith out there. And I don't know if you know the, if any of you have ever gone to a hunting camp or a fishing camp and you, when you show up and you're the preacher, let me tell you something. Everybody else that's there, that that's their time away from their wife and their family. And when you're down in Laredo, you're close to Mexico, and all of a sudden a preacher walks in. Listen, that, it doesn't make everybody real happy. But the first thing that happened to me when I walked onto the ranch was after our paperwork was done and everything and all the other hunters were getting settled in their place, I was standing there and Leah met them yesterday, Tony and Lulu. I looked up and tears were running down their faces. 
And I said, are you okay? And they said, we have been praying for 20 years for God to send a preacher to this ranch. So when I was there, I knew how I had to be. I came with a big pocket full of money that I really couldn't afford to give away. And I tipped the guides. I tipped the the cook staff. I gave money to everybody. And and I was just extremely generous because Mr. Carter and Jerry TK, all these high-rolling people in the whitetail industry were kind of looking at me kind of kind of funny, you know. And, you know, I, 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 I blessed everybody. was extremely generous. And uh, I went back the next year. The Lord spoke to me and said, you go back. Went back the next year. And I'm telling you, it changed. And that was the, the year I led Jerry to the Lord by the cross. Been an alcoholic for years. God broke that off of him. We, they rode with us to the funeral yesterday. And uh, then I would, I would be praying the next year. And the Lord said, now go back. Now listen, it cost a lot of money to hunt. This is, this is not a ranch. This is the ranch. That if you got a bucket list of whitetail deer hunting, this is where you want to go. This is the ranch. And for 10 years, it took me through generosity to win Bill Carter, who was a multi, multi-millionaire. And when he passed away, and yesterday what blessed me so much is when the, when the pictures were being shown, and they were showing the deer that were killed on the ranch. It was my pictures that were up on that screen. And it had such a profound effect upon me to see how what an effect that generosity had had upon people that could buy me and sell me a hundred times. But it wasn't the amount. It was the Spirit. And that's what generosity is. It is the Spirit of God that causes you and positions you in places you can never go on your own. Amen. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for this today. And Lord, we thank you that you're such a generous God. How generous could a God be to reproduce himself in the person of a son and to send him to this sin-ridden earth to die for us? How generous you are, God. We love you and we thank you. We bless your name. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our Fall Harvest series. If you would like to find out more about Island Church located in Galveston, Texas, please make sure you visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.